0: Welcome to The Goddess and the Medicine Woman with Melissa McHugh and Sydney Decker. In this episode, we talk to master storyteller and intuitive healer Lauren Wittig about the stories we tell ourselves, meeting our spirit guides, and creating sacred healing spaces. Come on in and join the conversation. Hi, Sydney Decker.
1: Hello, Melissa McHugh.
0: How are you today? I am doing okay. Awesome. Yeah, I good? a Good. I'm really good. I had a really good morning. Um, we just got chickens. So we have six uh, new babies in, in the household. Well, not in the household, we did build a chicken coop. My partner, of course, built the Taj Mahal of chicken coops because that's what he does. And oh, I can definitely second that. When
1: I saw that chicken coop, I was like, I could live in there.
0: I know, it's like a tiny house. It is. I know. They have an upstairs. They have a downstairs. Oh, it's great. Yeah it's, yeah. it's awesome. And we let them outside for the first time today. So that was quite comical. <laughs> they're all standing at the door, all six of them, like <laughs> some tails, some heads. What? Finally, they all pushed one out because nobody wanted to go first. So they all pushed one out and she's down there on the ground like, oh no, what do I do? What do I do? But then they all finally, now they're loving life. Good. Loving life. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, they have good vibes. I liked your email that you included the pictures. Yeah, they're very, they're very cool. Uh, we're going to enjoy it. It's our first time with chickens, but we're going to really enjoy it, I think. Yeah. Good. Yeah. They're a blessing. You're yeah. going to have lots of eggs. Yes. Yeah. So today we have another guest. We're very excited about it. Um, our guest today is Lauren Wittig. And of course, I hope I'm saying that right, because sometimes I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Lauren Whittig's passion is to help women recognize and unleash their innate and experiential wisdom, emotional, physical, and spiritual, so that they can bring that wisdom consciously into their lives with confidence and joy. She accomplishes this through her Heartlight Wellness Practice, where she provides intuitive energy healing and spiritual mentoring. Wise Women's Circles and the Curiously Wise podcast, which I can't wait to listen to that. Uh, and she also writes novels, and uh, her novels are award winning stories of women finding their wisdom and owning it too. So, welcome, Lauren.
2: Thanks. So great to be here with you guys today.
0: Awesome. So, Thank you for I, being here. I wanted to ask you um, you do write uh, novels, and it seems like in a lot of things that I was reading, um about you that stories are very important um in your healing work and and why is that
2: Well we we sort of create our lives around the stories we tell ourselves so um for example i had a narcissistic mother so there was a whole lot of stories around that for me that i had a hard time dealing with and it was about you know that i had a, i was unworthy or that I didn't deserve, you know, to be treated nicely or I had to I had to be a high performer in school and that sort of thing in order to be loved. Those kinds of, of things. I know now that that none of that was true. That was just the situation that I was in. And by by understanding those stories that I was carrying around that were subconscious, I didn't know I had built those belief systems and beliefs are just stories we keep telling ourselves over and over again. Um because I didn't know I was carrying those around, it was very hard for me to not feel like a victim of them. Um, and I'm a big advocate for getting out of victim mode these days. Because <laughs> I think a lot of us carry victim, victimhood around with us. And um, some sometimes it's like a red bed, red badge of courage. Um, but when I was able to begin to see those stories for what they were, and they served me well when I was a kid because they would keep me safe from not knowing what my mom was going to do, or they would give me some sense of security. But I know they didn't serve me anymore. Once I got to be an adult and I'm, I'm in my sixties now. So I, you know, it's like, I've carried them around well into my (laughs) fifties, you know, which was not very helpful. Um, and once I realized that I was carrying those stories, which I did through the help of an energetic healer, um, she, um, she asked me in one session, you know, Lauren, what is your belief system? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I immediately went, well, I was raised in the Episcopal church, but I don't do that anymore. You know, I didn't have any understanding of what she meant. And eventually in the session, she said, Lauren, you're afraid of everything. You believe that everything around you, you need to be afraid of. And I started to contradict that. And then I realized that she was absolutely right. I lived that as my normal life so long. I, know, I didn't see it for what it was. And in that hour, she was able to clear so much of my fear stories out of me energetically. And by talking to me about them, as she discovered them, that I actually left there with no allergies, which is what I had kind of been struggling with. Um, and because I now know as an energy healer, having gotten some training, work with a lot of clients, that allergies are all about fear. They keep us contained. They keep us safe from the outside world. Mm. And um mine were so bad. I've ended up in the ICU at one point. Um, and so understanding those stories for me, that they were just stories that I had constructed when I was a kid to keep myself safe. They served me well then, but now they were actually destroying my health. Yeah. And so as I, as I began to you know understand that better and better, I've become healthier and healthier. Um, and, and I can recognize those stories when they crop up. Oh, wait, that's not true. You know, and then I can process it myself, or I have lots of friends and teachers that I still see as as healers um, to help me work through those things as they come up. And it changed my life. I mean, health—your uh, health is everything when you're in human form, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you're not healthy, you're not having a good experience here. You know? Yeah, we were just talking um, about
0: that. That's so interesting, and that hits. Yeah accord with me the allergy thing and then you just saying that about how it's keeping you safe because i have that and i'm thinking what am what's going on with this and you just said it i'm like oh my god because that's what happened i have headaches and then the headaches turn into now they're allergies and all of these things and i'm like how is it morphing how is it moving and changing but it is it's all just trying to to keep myself safe yeah yeah wow thanks for And there that. is
2: very likely some story that has created a belief system within you that probably originated in your childhood could have come in with you from another life. Um, I have some of those I've had to clear too, but those things served you well in the moment. And so part of not being a victim is saying, oh, you know what? I created those on purpose and they served me really well but now they're subconscious and I need to let that go because I'm a different person now. I'm in a different part of my life. I'm no longer at the mercy of my parents, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah, so I would, I, and okay, I'm getting covered in goosebumps, which is my, um, my signal from spirit that I've gotten, I've hit a truth. And so I was just about to say that yes, you have some fears that are belief-based from your childhood. And the, the cool thing is that all you have to really do is get curious. People like me can get curious in deeper ways because I get messages from your spirit guides or from, you know, your body, but you can say, so just what you were talking about. So why, why is this happening? What is it that is, how is this serving me or how did it used to serve me, but it it doesn't anymore. So you can actually do some of the detective work on your own. Yeah. And, um, you don't have to have a healer. It can often be quicker because we have other tools at our, at our, um, beck and call. But um but you can do it yourself just getting curious.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I tell my clients that too always always be the investigator of everything that's going on. Ask why, you know, write pros and cons lists, why is this happening? Why do I believe this? Is it true? All of those things and yeah, so I totally resonate with all of that.
2: Well, and the other piece that I would bring to that those questions that you're you you just listed which are great is I work a lot with my spirit guides, and I teach people how to communicate with their spirit guides. And what I'll often do is I'll, I like to journal. Um, I'm a writer, so I like words. Um, and I'll ask a question in my journal, and it's often on the, the computer. <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily handwritten. But I'll ask a question, um, you know, I'm having this problem, what's in this for me? Which is a very powerful question. Because it gets you out of victim mode. Instead of why is this happening to me, what's in this for me, and then I just let the words come out. And there's always something I need to understand about myself. Mm -hmm. You know, and and if I just let the words flow through me from my spirit guides, I it's it's another one that you can do for yourself. You can begin to you know really dig deeper, and um, often you just have to do what I call bringing it up into the light. You know, once you can recognize it and go, I don't need that anymore, you know, then it's pretty easy to to let it go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
1: And what was your first experience with meeting your own spirit guides?
2: My very first one that I consciously was aware of, I will say, because I can look back in my life and see I've been guided beautifully in many, many ways and many, many times. But the first one consciously was I was in Montana with a couple of friends, one of them lived there and another one and I had gone out to visit her and she, we knew she was psychic. She could like, she would say, no, you guys can't come that week. I don't know why, but there's something going on. It's going to interfere with the trip. So come the next week. You know, she had those kinds of insights. Um, and we were in the middle of playing with some, um, some Oracle cards. And I, I use the term play purposefully, but also that's kind of how I considered, Oh, let's just play with cards. And in the midst of that, she started channeling Archangel Michael. She'd never done that before, but we had apparently opened ourselves up enough to the possibility that he was able to come through her. And over the weekend that we were there, he came like three times and gave us messages. And that was the first time I was consciously aware of receiving messages from spirit.
1: That's powerful.
2: Yeah, it was very powerful. Look look at where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. it, it totally opened my eyes to things that I didn't know were possible. So um, yeah. Yeah. And I trusted that friend enough to know, I knew she wasn't making it up. You know, it was, it was not the same energy. It was not the same language that she would have used. So there was a lot of, um, of clues there that we were getting a legit message.
1: Right. Yeah, And you were saying, cause I have a similar way that I feel truth which is the goosebumps. Mm-hmm. So when did you start to really notice that that was your way of, this is truth? I didn't notice that till I
2: started uh, learning how to be a, a healer. And I started by practicing on friends and, and family and then found some teachers. But I, I started to learn that I, I think it made me tune into my own body a lot more. Mm-hmm. As I'm working with theirs, I, you know, I would be, I would be really much more tuned into my own. Um, and I began to see a pattern that when I hit something that was powerful, I, I would feel goosebumps. And I would just say, oh, I just got the goosebumps. Um, and somebody, one of my clients said, no, Lauren, those aren't goosebumps, they're truth bumps. <laughs> you know? I was like, oh, and another friend said, no, they're spirit bumps. It's like, okay. Um, but I just started to notice the pattern. And that happens to be one of my gifts is, is to see patterns. Um, and I've been that way since I was a child. I love puzzles because you could see the patterns and things. So um, so I just kind of recognizes that pattern recognized that pattern that when we hit something really meaningful, I get goosebumps. Um, and my clients now know I go, oh, goosebumps and they go, oh, that was a truth moment. <laughs> you know? so um, and, and I've met a lot of people who get the same the same experience um, of, of goosebumps, um, but other people have different different things that is sort of that just a little, yep, you got that message.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like really powerful. That's why I wanted to ask because I think whether we're healers or not, there's spirits always talking to us. Yes. And ways that is coming through our synchronicities, images, our body, whatever it is. And I have started paying attention. I used to get them all the time as a kid. And then I just would like, I shut it off for a while. And then since I've been working in my own healing profession, I get them all the time again too. Yeah. So it's just really cool that it's almost, it's a good thing to have another person be like, this is my way that I know. And I've had other healers say that too, because it's like, I think that there is a little bit of a, I don't know if generalization is a good word because it makes the spiritual journey generalized, but it's also good to know that there's a, when you're doing these things and you're making these changes, that there's certain things that you can look for. Mm-hmm. feel yeah. into, you know what I mean by yes. that? Yeah,
2: yeah, I do. I do. And it's, it's a lot of what I teach when I teach people to communicate with their guides, um, is I, I teach them a lot of tools that validate what they've yeah. gotten. And that's what, that's for me, the, the goosebumps are, and yeah, I just got them again, are <laughs> <laughs> our, a our validation. It's so I can go, okay, I can stop searching. I've got, I found something that, you know, that we need to look at and, and work with. Um, yes. yeah. so Um, One of the things I love to teach people um, to use is a pendulum because it's Mm -hmm. so simple. Yeah, And because it's just a yes or no, it's very easy to learn how to use it and yes or no answers. Um, And I find that my clients who, who embrace that and start to really work with it will contact me and go, Oh, I dealt with this because I was able to ask questions to my guides and they said, I should do this. And I did that and fixed it, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's very empowering to get that validation. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And I think that's the word I was looking for, validation rather than generalization. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like validating what it is that you're asking. Because I was talking to a client today and, you know, when we walk around and we live in this 3D, it's so easy to think that this is real. Mm -hmm. And we hear that it's not. And I was like, and I'm trying to explain that to my clients. And today I had a different way of really dropping into that and realizing that this is all an illusion because everything that's in front of us right now is once in someone's mind. Mm -hmm. It was once an idea in someone's mind. Mm -hmm. And so that way we're always, we are actually imaginary. Like, yes, it feels like we're physical, but we are actually imaginary because right now I'm talking to you. But I'm having this thought, this thought, this thought. The thoughts that are coming through are the only ones that you could hear. But I'm having a whole experience here Mm -hmm. that you are only hearing what's coming through my mouth. But there's like I'm imagining an elephant. You you know what I mean? Like there's so (laughs) much that's going on, and that's how we're illusionary. It's not to say that like this is all fake because I think that's where it can get in trouble certain ways. But everything starts as an idea. Yes. And so I think there's so much power in what you were saying about like the stories, because Mm -hmm. our stories live in our imagination, but then they create this real life play.
2: And the cool thing about stories is our brains are actually wired to learn from stories. Yeah. There's a book called uh, Wired for Story that I don't I don't seem to have a copy. I've looked for it recently, but I, I wrote it, I bought it because it was a I was at a writer's conference and somebody was giving the keynote and who had written this. But it was so fascinating that we tell ourselves stories all the time. It's mm-hmm. how we construct our life, it's how we understand our life. Mm-hmm. I am famous for my kids hated this. They would come in griping about somebody and go, well She's having a bad day, or well, maybe they, they weren't feeling too good, or maybe this was going on. I could make up 10 stories about why that person reacted that way. And, and my kids would just be, no, she's just me. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, I love it because the, this is a, my whole work is about finding those stories, finding those beliefs. And again, beliefs are just stories we keep telling ourselves, so finding those stories figuring out where they came from. Why did we create that story? Often it's, it's uh, you know, there are good stories where we want to remember things like the birth of our child or, you know, that sort of stuff. But there's also those stories like I dragged around about my, tra- my dysfunctional family and pff, boy, howdy, is it, fix- it was dysfunctional. Um, and I lived as the victim of those stories. You know, I, that was, I was the protagonist, right. But I was a victim of whatever the stories were that I kept telling myself, Mm -hmm. I changed those stories. I used that question I I mentioned earlier is instead of looking at myself as the victim of what was going on, what could I learn from it? Why was I in that position? Because I was there for some reason. So what was in it for me? And I'll tell you what, I'm a much better parent than either of my parents were, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, so I told a different story about how I was going to parent, I'd probably change it again in hindsight. My kids are in their thirties. Now it's like, I'd have done that a little different. It's okay. It's, but it's, we live in a story. We can cock the story every day about our day. You know, Mm -hmm. we often will ask, how was your day? Well, tell me the story of your day is essentially what you're asking. Mm -hmm. And you can choose to focus on those things that were irritating. Or you could choose to focus on those things that made you feel great or that made you laugh and or, or that where or you felt of service to somebody. Same story. It's just how are you going to frame it? Um, and it's so powerful because our brains are built to learn from those stories.
0: Yeah. And we can yeah. tell
2: ourselves the story we want to live, you know?
0: Right. And the well, manifest we- from that place too, right? The, manifest. the manifestation from the, yeah. from the stories that we tell Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Well, yeah, when you so, think
1: back yeah. about human beings, that's how history was passed down. It was passed back. down through song and story right. forever until writing became a thing. Right. And even now
2: we have music that tells stories.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we
2: do have stories. I love to write stories, but um, but we have music, which is an oral tradition, you know. And I, my books are all in medieval Scotland, so I did a lot of research around that. And they had the bards, and the bards were the history keepers. Genealogy. They kept the stories. They kept the history, and they would travel from place to place and sing, sing songs and tell stories about what was going on. And they would create new stories and new songs as they, you know, were exposed to different things.
0: Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely
2: wired into us. Your
0: books look really fascinating. I wanted Thanks. you to talk about those novels because I was like, ooh, this seems really cool. Yeah, it's the uh, medieval romance and magical realism. Yes. I mean, I'm like, I'm running out and buying some of these books because that <laughs> looks so cool. And you said in Scotland is where they take Yeah, place? in
2: Scotland. I have family on both sides from Scotland. So I have yeah. deep roots in Scottish Highlands. We island. do
0: too. Yeah. We do too. Ireland so, and Scotland. Yeah. It's one of
2: those, one of those things where I just had a connection to it you know, from the time I was little. So nice. Um, yeah, it's, I, those books, I, I will be perfectly honest. I am no longer writing novels because they take a year of my life and all of my attention. And I have all this other cool stuff I'm doing now, but, um, the last three that came out, the last one was in 2015. Those are all, each heroine comes into a metaphysical gift during the story. And she has to, you know, she resists it. Then she, opens up to it and then she gets help with it. And then she brings it into the world in a way that helps everybody else. And I didn't know I could do these things when I wrote those books. And I literally went back and read them a few years ago and went, holy moly, I got that right. Cause you know, I have a healer and I have a, a visionary and you know, I just, there's all these different things. And so it's clearly, I was already understanding that I had this in me but I wasn't conscious of it. And it was able to come out through the stories. Um, I love to write romances because the women are super strong and the men are supportive and <laughs> loving and can still be a pain in the butt at times, but you know, they're guys. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a way, it was a way of retelling the story of, of a romance, the story of a, they're all stories of, um, of what do I want to say? Um, when you're courting, they're courting stories because they always end with a wedding, right? Mm-hmm. And they were, so there are a beautiful way. And I think the whole romance industry is this way, which is probably why it's so powerful, it's so strong. Um, it's rewriting the story of how we want to be in relationship with our partners, right? And that's letting us try on a lot of different ways of doing that. And so I think that's why women have turned to romance so incredibly strongly since, well. I mean, Jane Eyre, hello, <laughs> you know, Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> but nice. in my lifetime, it really took off in the eighties. Um, and it's been a powerhouse in the book industry ever since. So yeah, more story stuff.
1: What well, were the metaphysical gifts that the characters had your gifts specifically that you started to develop and understand, or are they gifts that you work with people on bringing out or, cause you said that the gifts, there was something in there for you.
2: Yeah, it, the very first book I wrote is called The Devil of Kilmartin and it came out, it wasn't the first one I wrote, it's the first one I sold, um, but it came out in 2002. And the heroine heals with her hands and the energy from her hands and she feels the energy. I have not been doing this all that long. <laughs> you know, that was probably even in, I think when the last one came out in 2015, I had started to become a healer. So by that point I had, but it was during the writing of that trilogy. Um, but when I wrote that first book and I wrote it in 1999, you know, so it's, it's, it's an old book, but I have a healer who does the work I do in a bit more dramatic fashion. Um, Cause it is, you know, you got to keep people interested, but I had, there's so much of myself in that character. And I didn't, I didn't know that part of myself. So it really was a, a mirror for me going, look, you have all this inside you. And you don't even know it yet. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like those Easter eggs that they'll hide in in games or, you know,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: it was, it was uh, fascinating to go back and read it later and go, oh my gosh, I, all along I knew this and I didn't know I knew it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's powerful. Yeah. It's interesting. I think it's so cool how,
1: um, as we're talking, I don't know if you've heard of the story or the book, um, Cassandra Speaks.
2: I've heard of it. I have not read it. I don't think.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's called Cassandra Speaks, and it's by Elizabeth Lesser. And I tell everyone about this book because it was very eye-opening for me. And it was, what if women were the storytellers throughout history? So she goes in and she starts to really look at the stories of like Adam and Eve, Cassandra, the story of Mm -hmm. Cassandra, where she had all this intuition and this knowledge, but no one believed her, you know, that Mm -hmm. was like her, Mm -hmm. her, uh, destruction part or her curse or whatever that is and um which a lot of women we tend to feel like there's stuff that comes to me all the time and I would be like I'm feeling this and people are like oh no you're not and then Mm -hmm. something awful would happen and I'd be like why wouldn't they just listen
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um so I wanted to get your perspective on that because like we were just talking about stories I feel like there's just so much in here for our listeners about story this is what I work with my clients on too. It's like the stories that we're telling ourselves, like I will work with a client and then we will start to break down their story. And then another part of their ego comes in through the back and it's like, but this, this, then who would I be? And how would I operate and who? And it's like, let's look at the stories throughout history that we are also very much a part of that we have no idea that we're a part of. You know what I mean by that? Like, we are also connected to stories about how the matriarchy was, how the patriarchy is, how society is, how a, what it means to be an American, what it means to be in a different country. So um, I only know the American because I live in America, so I couldn't say about but there's there's certain stories about what it means to be in China or Japan and what that culture is up op- like gonna operate like and stuff. So I just wanted to see your thoughts on not just our individual stories, but how we are also part of a larger collective story and how to start to detach from that, if that makes
0: sense. Okay.
2: I
1: love, I love that
2: question because it is something that is front and center in my mind these days. Um, I've recently started using the term practical spirituality, um, got it from my spirit guides. Um, but it's about bringing this spirituality out into the world in a way that helps not only yourself, but everybody around us. Right. And so I I also have an anthropology degree, cultural anthropology. So I love to talk culture. Culture is all a story. It's a story that's been layered on and layered on and layered on. We don't know what the root of it is. We could probably dig down, but who's got time for that these days. (laughs) But I love the idea that we collectively can change the story we are telling about the world we live in. And if a lot of us can do that, create a, a more positive story, a more kind story, a more wise story, a more community based story for me is important because I don't, I think we're too fractured as a community these days. Mm-hmm. If we can begin to tell those stories, we can change the world and we can do it fast. Yeah, and that I truly believe. Yeah, there goes the goosebumps again. Yeah, <laughs> I truly believe that why, particularly why so many women are are awakening now. Um, I hate that people use "woke" in a pejorative way. I, I know, I'm just, all right? Oh, I'm cool. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, but there's so many, particularly women coming online, becoming healers, coming into their metaphysical gifts, wisdom, knowings, um, working on ourselves to to get out of the victim mode and empower ourselves to be who we are and be comfortable with it. If we can do more and more of that, we're going to overbalance the old story
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and we're going to end up editing it drastically yeah. <laughs> and yeah. creating a new story collectively yep.
0: and women. Yeah.
2: And, and here's where we can talk about culture, biology. I don't know which came first, but women are collaborative creatures. Men are hierarchical creatures. And
0: mm-hmm. if you look
2: back to hunter-gatherers, it kind of makes sense that, they, that we evolved that way. But women coming together to do this together, to dream a new world together, to take us all out of this victim of the old and make us the creators of the new, how powerful is that? And what a gift is that, that we could bring to Mother Earth, to humanity, and frankly, to the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything we do here ripples out, including the bad things that we do here, ripples out everywhere else, you know, imaginable and unimaginable. <laughs> um, so, one of the things that I did pre pandemic is I had a circle of women, I called it the Wise Women's Circle. And um, we came together because a bunch of people I had met individually kept saying, I wish there was this place where we could all just get together and talk about things that are important to us. And I was like, yeah, I need to do that too. Finally, I kind of got pushed <laughs> and started it. But the beauty of it was we would come together twice a month for an hour and a half or so and share ourselves vulnerably. So I was going through the last few years of my mom's life. I was the primary emotional caretaker, kind of. She wasn't living with me, but I I was really very involved in her, her day-to-day life, Um and I didn't want to be because I was still in the victim mode you know, to some degree. But that circle gave me a place where I could talk about that openly and not have people go, oh, well, she's your mother. You just have to go do it. You know, they could say, yeah, it sucks. That's hard. And they could share their own experience, which then allowed me to change my perspective because I could suddenly see somebody else who had a mother who was problem like mine, but they had approached it from a different perspective and had a different experience. And I didn't even realize I was already trying to change that story, mm,
0: Yeah. but
2: by able, being able to share it, being vulnerable, because I used to be a crier. I don't cry nearly as much as I used to, <laughs> but I would get very teary and choked up and, and need to talk about something. And because it was the circle that I created, I got to say what we're talking about this
1: week. You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I go, here's why I picked this topic. Okay, go and let, you know, and then we would just, everybody would share who wanted to, and there were pl- plenty of times people who didn't feel comfortable sharing or didn't feel they had something specific to add to the, that particular conversation, though that was never I never experienced that in my life with that group. Um, but it became very empowering, because everybody accepted you being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. and you became, And what I found is that I, I was thanked for being vulnerable, which I didn't even know it was what I was doing, and I didn't understand why. They were thanking me until I realized by allowing myself to be completely vulnerable, and I didn't have a lot of, you know, filters on that. It gave other people permission to be vulnerable, yeah, and to experience that group as a safe space to be vulnerable, yeah. So we worked through the loss of spouses, you know, problems with kids, uh, m- menopause, mother, you know, young motherhood. We had multi generations, um, and it was we changed our lives, that community, the lives of that community changed Mm
0: -hmm. because we
2: were able to bring up those uh, stories that were really making us sad or ill or angry and process it with the help of other people's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah as That's women so can
0: awesome. that. It's so tribal too, right? It's it is. So, it is. It's just, and it so makes me feel like I just want to have so many communities or a big community or, you know, anywhere that you can just show up and just sit down and be like, ah, oh. but always with people that have this perspective of what's this doing for me, not what's happening to me and not right. the the gossiping, sitting around going, oh, no. woe is us, woe is us. But- all people who are looking to come in vulnerably, authentically, but also looking for the positives in what can we yeah. learn from all of this, too?
2: Yeah, yeah. And we always would start, you know, everybody would, would gather at the beginning of that, and we'd be talking about the things that were not going well in the life or this problem, or you we're know, tired because I was whatever. By the end, we were laughing, we were smiling, everybody would hang out afterwards, and there would be this bubble of conversation. We lifted the vibe of everybody, even if they were just listening to the conversation and mm-hmm. I, it was magical. Yeah. The, what the women's March back in 2016, whatever, 16, 15, I, I can't keep track of years anymore. I didn't even go. I was watching it on my TV and I could feel the joy, the powerful joy. We can do that. We can do it in small groups, we can do it in large groups, we can do it, you know, with friends and family, we can do it with strangers. It doesn't matter, but we need to start doing that. We need to start changing the story.
1: Yeah. And I think it really is coming together and giving ourselves permission because it's like every time I get together on this podcast and I'm with a like-minded person, I get stronger. Like I don't know, it every conversation that I've had on this podcast when someone else has come on and we've shared in our stories and we've shared, I mean, I get stuff out of when we just talk by ourselves as well, but there's something that creates, like talking to you today, this is a lot of stuff that I have been internally looking at, like my own stories, talking to clients about stories, you know, questioning the story. Um, Me and Melissa on the phone yesterday, we were actually talking about the story of in our, we didn't know we were talking about it, but the story that we operate, um, as humans with money, the money story. Yeah. We were talking about that. Yeah. yeah, We were talking about that for a while yesterday and how we're just done with the old story and Mm -hmm. we're just done with that type of thing. And there's just something that I, it changes me when I have these conversations, when I meet someone that's like-minded, because, even someone like me who does help a lot of people and who does have clients and who is thinking of ways and who to help more people and who is a healer i will get stuck in you know my own thing of like no one really cares mm-hmm. and i should just give up mm-hmm. and what am i even doing because it seems like there's more of them air quotes people than there are of me And so I get like down on myself and then I start to tell that story of like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But then like, for example, today, everything that me and all of us are talking about, I'm like, I'm doing the right things. I feel good. I feel empowered. I feel like I could even change my story even more and I could start to tell more of my story and put myself out there in that way. And so it's just, it's very important. I think one thing I've been looking at how separate we are.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
1: And when we come together, there's so much fear in that, but there's so much healing in that. Because we're so afraid of what another person's gonna say about what it is that we're doing that maybe that keeps us from coming together. But like you said, with that vulnerability, like at first it starts out at your circle, you were describing as like the woes and the woes is me's and then the victims, because that's where most of the people are operating their day-to-day life. Then you drop down, people get vulnerable, they talk about it, they heal something. And then at the end, you're in a different frequency and you're laughing and you're joyful and you feel like a completely different person. And there's just so much simplicity to all of this. Like we're trying to find a big complicated answer. Yeah. And I think it's literally just getting, I think I said this to you the other day, getting around a fire
0: Mm-hmm. just you know, and talking. Yes, yes,
2: exactly. Talking to each other, honestly. Yes. You know, it's okay to not be happy. It's okay to be mad at your parents. It's okay to, you know,
0: whatever. To be human. <laughs> to be, it's, we're here to have a human experience. Yeah. Crap's going to happen.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I but, think more people need to know that.
2: Yeah, yeah they do. I do too. I do too. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, this, these podcasts, I've, I've been doing mine for about a year now and I love it because I get to have these kinds of conversations Yeah, and I always learn something. I always feel like I've met a kindred spirit, which I yeah. do again today. Yeah, <laughs> And, and it, it is another kind of gathering to talk about things that maybe are not the easiest things to talk about. Yep. For those of us who have been doing this for a while, it's a little exposing to get on something like this and, and speak honestly and it's a mm-hmm. it's a deal i have with myself that i'm going to i'm going to be completely myself when i'm on my podcast or anybody else's i'm not going to parse my words carefully i'm not i'm just going to say what i believe and what i experienced and how big of a gift is that that you give to anybody who listens to this podcast and every time you come on they they experience this honesty yeah you know, that's why and- we,
1: that's actually literally what we're about, too. So I love that you said that because we decided to start this by bringing just authenticity and truth and mm-hmm. just letting people know that this human experience is challenging and it is messy and it's never going to look perfect. And this is the honest truth of the healing journey, the spiritual journey, the warrior journey, the Whatever it is, so I love that you said that because that's exactly why we started this to make people feel less alone.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's probably why podcasts are really popular.: Yeah, because you do get to be in this conversation with other people, even if you're listening, you you know you can't really speak into it, but you can participate in that around that fire. I yeah. love that image, yeah
1: yeah, that's I've just been seeing this ginormous fire. And I can't remember where it was or what it, someone had said there's something, and I think this was like weeks ago or maybe months ago, where when you gather around a fire, human beings, when they gather, because this has been for centuries, Mm -hmm. for eons, we've been gathering around fire, you don't hurt each other, right? You You don't want to hurt each other. When Mm -hmm. you sit around a fire, there's something about that that brings collaboration to humans. There's something about that that brings community. There's something about that that brings dancing and singing Mm -hmm. and food and storytelling. Storytelling, Yes. And it's all centered around a fire, particularly. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember where I read it. I would love, or maybe I saw it on something, but that got me thinking. And now all I want is I would wish that we could just have a ginormous bonfire. I actually (laughs) asked my birthday's coming up and I asked my brother to throw a bonfire because when we all get together for my birthday and we're going to start telling stories and stuff like that, there's so much fun that Mm -hmm. happens around a fire. But I, no matter what movie it is, unless it's like a really weird one or whatever, usually the story of the fire is people get together. They come up with a plan and then they leave the fire. They're dancing around the fire Mm -hmm. or they're preparing themselves and getting themselves ready for war around a fire. But it's like they're getting hyping each other up before the next, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. there's just something about that that I love. So all the time I'm like, I wish humanity would just come together around the fire.
2: (laughs) And I don't know where I read it or saw it, because you know, who knows these days. But there is actually something about the color of fire that affects our brains. And I don't remember it was a positive, positive effect. I don't remember any of the details because I'm not good at doing that. But it's so we have evolved around fires, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going
0: to say. I think it's in our know? DNA from yeah. The, yeah. way so back. Yeah,
2: our body gets, I think, I think, and this is, I can't speak to that whatever, wherever I heard that, because I, I don't remember the details of it, but I know when I get around a fire, I'm staring at the flames. I mean, you know, that, that orange red light is very um, soothing mm-hmm. and it calms the nervous system. Everybody gets yeah. relaxed around a fire. Yes. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a beautiful symbol, but also I think, I think I love the idea of your bonfire.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know that is. And when I think about it through the Ayurvedic lens and you think about fire as an element, it's transformative. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that when you gather around it, it's transforming you and you're captivated by it because it also, I think represents the light within us all that Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily always tap into or know that we're elemental as well, because we are. And I think that this fire represents that. Because anytime I do like visualizations, it's always healing through light, like you, your heart light, you know, light is very powerful. It's very transformative. There's medicine and there's magic in light and it's expansive and it's blissful and it's joyful. And so then sometimes I see like violet fire for transformation mm-hmm. with clients. Yeah. So that's like another version. It's like, there's a lot of fire right yep. now. I think that's very active. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I agree. It's, it's coming up a lot for me too, that we need that, that transformation energy. It's kind of like the Phoenix, you know, you, you, yes. you, know? Yeah. you, you burn up and you burn away the old and you're rebirthed as something new. And that's what we're talking about when with transforming the stories. It's like, let's, let's, you know, let's, honor that old story and let it go. Let's burn it away and let the new one grow and blossom. And it's, you know, come up from the ashes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the light in the darkness too. You know, you're always outside and it's always that focal point. It's that light in the darkness makes me think of that.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of good things about light.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So how did yours start? Heartlight. Heartlight in meditation. (laughs) I, I am,
2: um, I, in the Myers-Briggs speak, I'm one of those people that has to keep gathering data. I don't make decisions very easily. So when I need to make a decision, I ask my guides. And um, and sometimes I just get my pendulum out and you know and verify that I heard the right thing. But um, when I was going to set up my business, I was very scared to do it because I really had been very um, uh, undercover in, in the healing work that I was learning to do. And the classes even that I was taking and I, and I hadn't even really told my husband what I was doing, you know, it was like, cause it was scary. I'd had enough past lives where I'd been persecuted mm-hmm. and, exactly. yeah, and <laughs> awful ways. So I was, I didn't know why I was afraid of stepping into it, but I was. And so I went, went into meditation one day and I just said, you know, I, I, I need a name. If I'm going to start a business, I need a name. And, um, and this heart light, my daughter made my cross stitch sign there for me. Um, Heartlight came out of it. That's what they said, and I thought it was going to be Heartlight Healing, but it ended up being Heartlight Wellness, because it's kind of encompassing a lot of different things now. Yeah, so, yeah, love that. But that's and curiously wise, I got in po- in a meditation too for my cool. podcast. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, I like, I like
1: that too. too I was, yeah. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, was how did that come to you? How did you decide to start a podcast?
2: Oh, well, I was working with a business coach because I realized that I had started a business and I knew how to run a, a author business because that's real simple. Um, I didn't know how to run a business where I actually needed some cash coming in to support it. You know, <laughs> So I was working with a coach and she had, um, during the pandemic, discovered being a guest on a podcast was a good way to find clients for her business. Hmm. So she was, she uh, started up a a beta class, you know, while I was just getting done with my coaching with her. And she said, you know, come on in you can take it for cheap. And I was like, okay. You know, I trusted her. And, um, and she was teaching us how to be a guest on a podcast. And I think all of us, I think there were six of us in the class at the time said, but what if we wanted to create our own podcast? (laughs) I wanted to be able to invite people who I wanted to talk to instead of just asking people, could I be on yours? Which is, Great fun and a lot less work, by the way. Oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but I wanted to be able to have really good conversations with anybody I wanted to, and you know, and and I have yet to meet somebody who, when I said, "Would you like to be on my podcast?" They go, "Go no," you know. So I was missing the the um, conversation part of the Wiserman Circle because it didn't translate to Zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I could do that now, but not at the time and um, and I thought, well, if I can go on other people's and have this great conversation, I could do it myself and she was able to give me she had her own the coach had her own show as well, so she was able to give us you know sort of the basics of getting started, like get a decent mic you know <laughs> um, and a system she's great at systems, so she gave me a system and um and Trello is my project management board. She said, "Get Trello, I'll send you the template, you know she made it really easy. And I just started, I don't know. I got hooked into all these networks where people would, you know, were coming who wanted to be on podcasts. I have finished recording 2024 already or 2023 already, mm. um, you know, it's because I had so many people said, yes, I'd love to be on your podcast. So, yeah. So now I'm kind of thinking, well, I'd like to maybe bring it out twice a week, but I can't, I can't do that yet. I don't have time. To a do lot. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: that's a lot to do. How oh, long been, have you
2: been doing the podcast for? <laughs> um April was one year. So okay. just just one year. Uh, and it's I I love it. I love having conversations like this. It just lights me up. And I learn so much and I feel like I'm able to share my my wisdom in ways that I don't always get to share it in other ways. So um
1: yeah, you have some really cool topics too because I was just looking because I always go on people before we school. talk. <laughs> yeah, their website and different things and yeah. There's a lot of really good topics. And I think that it's really cool that it's woman focused. Yeah. Because I think that there's something that even as you said, as women with the women's circles and stuff and women awakening right now, I think that that's okay. Before I was like, why aren't the men, where are they at? What's going on? I'm like, you know what? Of course it's going to be us first. And I'm not saying that in an egoic way. It no. just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It has to be us. I've started to, ex- before it was like, because we have this whole story, right, of the night in Shining Arbor, and he's going to come in, and he's going to be our superhero, mm-hmm. and he's going to save our day. And that's never happened
0: for me. That's <laughs> never
1: happened. Maybe for other people, but a lot of other people I know it no. doesn't happen.
0: Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> so I- I'm pretty close. <laughs> My husband's pretty, yeah,
2: he kind of picked me up and- it taught me a lot of good things in the world yeah. and, and supports me. And yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't say he saved me, but he sure it has made my life a lot easier. And oh yeah,
0: mine yeah, too. So, mine yeah. is, yeah. There's some really, really good ones out there. But yeah. the whole myth of us having to wait to be saved. Yeah. That's that's that crazy story.
2: That's why I like writing the stories that I write because the women are strong. Yeah, And they're not waiting around for, for some yeah, guy. The
0: women are strong. The men are strong and it's okay. You yeah. know, and it's okay yeah. for the women to be vulnerable and, and sometimes, partners, and, you know, yeah,
2: so exactly. um, I was going to say something and I forgot what it was. Hmm. Oh, when I started the wise women's circle, I had several men ask me why I didn't start a men's circle. And I, I, I at first I was like, wait, what? And then I, I said, you know, I'm not a guy.
0: Yeah. I don't really know what to do for you. Guys I don't know right what to <laughs> do. I don't know what you guys need to
2: talk about. I yeah. It makes and, sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And I've gone back and forth about, cause I do have a few male, um, clients and I've had some male, uh, guests m- more recently than, than, um, before, but, but it's always about topics that are of importance to the community of women. Um, and, and there are, there are guys out there who have, lots to share that's valuable around yes. that. So I have been bringing in a few more men um, and I, I go back and forth. Maybe I should open this up and not be so exclusive. And I have finally just gotten really comfortable with women are the ones who are gonna make this world change.
1: Yep, that's me too. Yeah, I've accepted yeah. that.
2: So I'm gonna focus on the change makers and, and then we'll deal with the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will come along that can help them change. That's not oh, yeah. me. That's not my job. It's not why I'm here.
0: Yeah. You know, there's some so. guys out there that are, are doing big things yeah. with men. So yeah. that's, yeah. Good and that see. feels
1: good. And I almost feel like we, it's funny because we're coming together, but in order to come together, we need to separate for a moment because mm-hmm. how we come together is toxic with each other, just right. in general, as a collective for the men and the women. And so we do, it's kind of like, let's go over here at our bonfire. You guys have your bonfire and mm-hmm. then we'll come together and we'll have a big one when yeah. we know how to treat each other because we right. know that we love ourselves.
2: Right. Yeah. So important. That right there is so important. If you don't love yourself, then, then you need, you got work to do. Yeah. You yes. Know?
1: Cause that's and- where a lot of my, I think um, the men and women stuff gets is we don't know how to accept and love ourselves as women because the stories that were told are not loving towards women. And then men, their own selves don't know how to accept themselves as men either and love themselves. So they're trying to find a woman to fill that void, to make them love themselves. And we're trying to find that man to fill that void, to love ourselves. And the answer is love yourself first, because then you won't need to do all that blah 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> <Come>
2: together <laughs> exactly. as equals, not as, as as trauma
0: trauma trauma
2: yeah trauma, or yeah, or yeah. you know I you're trying I'm trying to get you to fill this gap in my life yes yeah. or back, change you into come something come together as equals and really build something together yeah that is yeah. different and equal and balanced and beautiful and you know uplifting and all those things that we want in the world yeah, yeah.
1: this conversation has really helped me too feel like that, like more accepting of that's, that's my job right now is to accept myself as a woman and love yes. myself as her. Because when I go out and step out into the world, I'm requiring that as well, which is going to require more people to do that as well. If that makes it's any also, sense. It's also, <laughs> going
2: to, it's also going to attract people to you who are more vibrationally, uh, you know, a good match for you yeah <clears throat> you know so you're gonna you're gonna find people who are are gonna um, be more uh, loving and more you know fun to be around better partners because they're gonna be attracted to where you are so if you're at a high vibration you're gonna attract somebody to at high vibration if you're at a low vibration you're gonna attract somebody at a low vibration nobody no. wants that <laughs> you know,
1: so. yeah because I'm actually I've been doing some work today I don't feel good physically it started. It all is interesting because it it goes back to, and then we'll go into the deep dive five, unless we, okay. Because I just have been like noticing, I'm like, oh no, we're like coming up. Um, But I wanted to say this because I think that it's important because it really sparked something when you said stuff about the allergies. So I um, didn't always have the best story that I told myself about my male concept. You know, my story about men is they... Hurt you, they abandon you, they leave you, they blah, 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 all that not so great stuff. And so actively, I've started to realize that if I do want and I'm getting ready to create something in my life, that I'm going to want a partner. And I have this terror for men because my story has been they're going to hurt me. You know, eventually I'll give them everything and then they destroy me. Like that's the story. So it's yeah, like, that's
2: a
0: bad one. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a bad one. Right. It's not fun. Um, But that's what I was doing for a while, and I noticed that pattern. And so I've been actively creating a new self-concept. And for the first time, I wrote or I talked it out to myself in a voice memo of like, because I hear if you hear it in your own voice and you write it and you start to integrate it in your own energy. Um, I've done that with other things that have definitely helped. I've just never done it about this. But my guides the other day told me, okay, it's time to write a new story about your male concept, and you need to hear it. So I wrote it out. And then I recorded it. And then I started listening to it and I did it in a meditation. I just started to integrate that by listening to my own voice. The next day I got so sick. Like I was sick physically, like my digestive system, like it was just, and I'm not usually sick. So even my mom was like, what's going on? Cause like I, I, my family and everyone knows I, I really rarely ever get sick. So, but I just kept hearing, I'm like, why am I sick? Did I eat something? I just kept hearing it's a purge. It's a purge. Mm -hmm. So today I am actually, I have to, I made an appointment later on because my right side on my low back, which is sacral and root chakra, um, is in such pain that it feels like liquid acid is being poured down my right leg. And then it feels like I could be, I had this issue a few years ago, actually probably like 10 years ago. And during that time, I was actually going through a lot of turmoil with my relationship stories and that type of thing too. So long story short, sorry, I believe that by me changing the story of my male concept, it's requiring actual physical energy in myself to shift. And I'm starting to release that anger and that fear. And it's centralized on my right side, which is... The right side is your masculine side of your body. So it's all making sense. And it's so interesting how everything is just way more interconnected because I'm like, what's going on with my back? It has everything to do with this male concept thing that I'm trying to change. Yes. Well, and the
2: back is also the subconscious energy. Mm -hmm. So there's stuff there that you have triggered the release of that you may not even be consciously aware of. And it sounds like it's a lot more than you thought it was. Yep. You know? But yes, you are just doing a purge. The body is usually I tell my clients you know one to three days after we have a session, you you will probably eventually you know by the end of the three days, you'll feel different physically. Sometimes it's right away, but but sometimes it can take three days or more. Um, yeah. And so you are, you are purging. that's absolutely what you're doing. That energy of holding on to all of that story is leaving your body and your body is having trouble getting it rid, getting rid of it fast enough. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, that makes so much yep. sense. So that's just really cool.
2: Epsom salt baths that helps move everything quickly. <laughs> yeah,
0: but and I know I got how it, it does, and I keep forgetting to do those. And yeah. it's so important. It's yeah. so important. So that
2: would be I would that if you were my client, I'd say go take an Epsom salt bath. Put a little lavender in it for you know, yeah, good measure. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, yeah, super cool. So that's, that's also just for the listeners too, you know, sometimes a physical ailment is also just a release of an emotional deeper thing that you don't need to panic about. I do know that I need to get adjusted because I also, I was told that, you know, go get this adjustment to help release it. So listen to yourself, but also know too, that sometimes it doesn't have to be the world is ending. I'm sick because I could have gone there, but I've just been telling myself it's a purge. So thank you for that.
2: It's it's kind of a detox, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's powerful when you change your stories. This is what, I, this is really yeah. going to your work. It will create these physical releases just yes. by me changing a concept in myself. It's right. just so amazing. Yeah. So thank you for this. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for sharing <laughs>
2: that story. That's a great, that's a great example. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: All right, ladies, it's time for the Deep Dive 5. I'm going to ask you five questions and just whatever comes up. They can be long answers, short answers, whatever, whatever you want. Uh, number one, how do you define spirituality?
2: Oh, that's a good one. Um, for me, it is the, hmm. <laughs> it's going to be a longer one. For me, it's a feeling. It's a, it's a feeling of connection to something bigger than myself. And I have an aunt who I was just visiting, my favorite aunt, and she has studied Christianity, all kinds of things. Um, she she has you know studied um, uh, Judaism. She's, I don't know, she's studied multiple religions. She goes to church regularly and she and I have these conversations because I don't use the word, I don't go to church. I don't use the word pray, although, you know, I do, I just don't use it in that term, I mean, I do the act of prayer. I just don't use the word. So for me, a lot of times when I'm trying to describe it to people, it's that thing that you go to church to, to feel without the trappings of the church, without the structure, the system of the church. So it's the real energy of it. It's the, it's that feeling of being more than just yourself. There that. we go. That wasn't too long. Yeah. Was a good, yeah.
0: One. Was good question. Cool. <laughs> What is your favorite self-care and healing activity or practice? My
2: favorite one is to get out in the woods and walk. And I happen to live in southeastern Virginia where we have beautiful woods and um and and our county has parks that they so you it's easy to go walk in the woods here. I can literally walk out my back door and be in the woods at the back of my lot. So um, that's my church. That's what I call my church. And, um, when I was going through the, my mom's end of life and I was just a wreck a lot of the times, uh, the only thing I could do to calm myself down was to get out in the woods and sometimes literally go just lean my back against a tree and ask it to hug me. And, um, I, I talk to trees all the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's my favorite self-care. I have a lot of other ones, but that's my favorite one.
0: Nice. What do you feel is the most vital emotion that we must express in order to heal and feel well?
2: Forgiveness. And forgiveness for me was a hard one because I liked being the victim of everything around me. And I didn't think that others deserved forgiveness if they had harmed me. But when I got to the place where I could forgive, I not only forgave the other person, my mother in this case is the one I'm thinking of. Um, I forgave myself for holding on to that story for so long. and changed my life in an instant, changed my relationship with my mother. In an instant. the last few weeks of her life, it took, it took me that long to get to that place. Um, she was a softer person. She was able to tell me she was proud of me, things she'd never been able to do with me. I didn't change her. I changed me, but she reacted to it. Yeah. So I think forgiveness is a really hard one for us humans. Um, but I think it's the most powerful thing you can do. Yeah. Powerful emotion. Yeah.
0: What makes you laugh or brings you joy? My husband makes me laugh a lot.
2: Um, and I have a little mini schnauzer who makes me laugh (laughs) all the time and, and just is joy, she's very snuggly and she brings a lot of joy to my life. We got her during the pandemic too. So, um, yeah. And what's your heart's greatest wish? Oh, that's a big one. My heart's greatest wish is that we all live in peace and harmony. And that sounds very la la, but I mean it really. I really would like for the world to be a peaceful place and for us all to be in harmony with each other. Doesn't mean we have to be like each other. We don't even have to like each other <laughs> necessarily, but at least we can agree that we're all here to have, you know, an experience together and and to do it with yeah, with some grace.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming Thanks. on. And our listeners can find you. Um, it says you can uh, sign up for your newsletter and you also receive a free PDF download. Uh, Laura's top three ways to communicate with your guides. Ooh, mm-hmm. it's uh heartlightjoy.com. And is that the best place for people to That's go? the
2: best place to find me. All my socials are are linked there. Um, you can email me from there. You can, you know. If you want a session or a free call with me, all of that's there. That's the easy nice. place.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for showing up here today. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, this
1: has
2: been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate the the time and and the the thought behind it. So thanks.
1: Yeah. It's been perfect alignment for what I've been going through in my life.
2: So. Isn't that wonderful how that turns out? <laughs> yeah.
1: Seriously. So thank you so much. You're doing
0: very wonderful work. Thanks. thanks. Y'all are too. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you would like to connect with Lauren and get her free newsletter and PDF download of her top three ways to communicate with your guides, go to heartlightjoy.com. The link is in the show notes. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.